I'm Erin. Hmm? <laughs> and that's Carrie. And this is Keeping Busy. <laughs> that's a good intro with my mouth full of food. <laughs> I caught you off How guard. Appropriate. Uh, so, for Valentine's Day. For Valentine's Day. For people who love tasty desserts. Mm-hmm. What did we decide on? Well, we lied to you. Uh, a little bit. Last episode, we said that we were going to make fondant creams, um, and then dip them in chocolate, didn't. right? Yeah. <laughs> and then we didn't. Yeah. So this is your first disappointment of Valentine's Day. Hooray. Oh. <laughs> or maybe it's not a disappointment. Maybe it turns out that the recipe we did make was everything you never knew you always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't tried mine. It's sitting right there, and I'm so. Oh excited. my gosh! Oh my gosh! Well, that's good because okay. you can get an on air. Go ahead, bite into it, eat it. Do it. Okay. Do it. That's good. <laughs> so I will divulge the reason we did not do the fondant creams is even though I was pretty gung ho about doing them in the first place. I thought about it and I looked at some videos. It's very difficult to find good candy making videos um, and demonstrations on the internet if you ask me. Mm -hmm. um, and you are somebody who has failed time and time again. Uh, I just couldn't take another failure in the kitchen. <laughs> so I contacted Erin and I said, look, how about we change directions? And I said brownies and mm. she said strawberry marshmallows and i said both <laughs> that's right we ended up making brownies topped with uh fruit marshmallows i have to say i, I actually used raspberry so sorry oh man really yeah mm. I, mm. am i missing <laughs> out <laughs> i'm eating mine <laughs> I was very nervous about this combination, but at the same time, I really wanted deep down in my heart for it to work. So, you know, why not give it a try? My nervousness is that we would make a brownie, put the marshmallow layer on top, and then you would like bite in and either the marshmallow would just completely detach from the brownie and you would have two separate things that you're trying to attempt to eat at the same time. Or the marshmallow would somehow soak into the brownie and turn into a weird mush that isn't as good as either of its parts. And were your worst fears realized? I like it. <laughs> I like it too. It's so <laughs> yummy. Oh my gosh. It's super good. So I, um, I did a recipe for, for brownies that filled a 9 by 13 pan. They're from scratch brownies, and I actually used the recipe from sallysbakingaddiction.com. And it's the recipe for seriously fudgy homemade brownies. And they are magical. <laughs> I did not add chunks of chocolate into the brownie batter, which I usually do because I was actually looking at it, and I was worried they were a little too fudgy, oh. which, if you know me, is, sounds crazy, right? Yes, it does. But I'm glad that I did because they 
are they are fudgy they're not gooey sometimes a recipe will say that they have fudgy brownies and really they come out and you're like these are not cooked that's why they are so fudgy (laughs) but these are like seriously delicious brownies i did a whole recipe of marshmallow as well the recipe that you sent me the homemade strawberry marshmallows from fox and briar but i did not put the entire thing on top i put it on top in the amount that you would approximately do for frosting so it's about three quarters brownie to one quarter or maybe a little less of the marshmallow topping Mm -hmm. and could probably use a little bit more of the marshmallow topping but i think it's super good did you use the frozen strawberries like um no actually i didn't i used fresh strawberries i had found some good looking pretty red ripe strawberries at the store so i just um i just went with it and so did you use frozen um raspberries yeah i used frozen i went with raspberries because i had frozen raspberries and the recipe calls for frozen fruits oh hold on i want to see this picture Ooh, it does look very frosting-ish it did did it set up okay it's definitely creamier than i would want a standalone marshmallow to be um it does say in the recipe i think to sit for like 6 to 24 hours or something like that i can't remember what it says at least several hours but preferably overnight Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I did it today. As far as I can tell, it's still kind of like more of a creamy consistency. They set up enough that I can cut them, but the insides are definitely, again, this is kind of like the raspberry marshmallows I made before, too. It's more of the consistency of a Russell Stover's raspberry whip egg. Mm, That's so good, though. (laughs) As opposed to like the chocolate covered marshmallows that actually have that elasticity and that pull to them. Mm-hmm. Which is fine with me because I think that's great. They're not going to be great for toasting, but for being on top of a brownie, I think they could not be better. They don't ooze, they keep their shape, but they're creamy and soft. And I was really impressed with the strawberry flavor considering that there's no extract or anything in it it's just fresh strawberries i was worried that the fruit flavor would be overwhelmed by the chocolate yeah but can you still yours is still good yeah oh i think it's really good mine too (laughs) so i i got my brownie recipe from it's actually an all recipes recipe this person used a lot of alliteration. It's Brooks Best Bombshell Brownies. I think I cooked them just a little bit too long. And I wish I hadn't put in the, the chocolate chips at the end. Because they're a little just too chocolatey? Well, I did cut myself a corner piece. So maybe somewhere else, you know, other areas of... I also did the 9 by 13 pan. Other areas maybe are a little bit better, but the corner piece is just, it's a little bit more on the cakey side of brownies than the fudgy side, which I prefer the fudgy. And then if you add in on top of it, I'm hitting these chocolate chips every once in a while. It's just not my ideal brownie. That being Mm. said, if you do like more of the cakey brownie, you know, this is definitely a good option for you. It's very tasty. Um, And then I also use the same marshmallow recipe, 
Uh, like I said earlier, I replaced the frozen strawberries with frozen raspberries. And mine came out, it's a, I'll send you a picture, it's a brighter red. I think it's just because strawberries have more of a gradient. You know, mm-hmm. the inside of a strawberry is paler and the outside of a strawberry is more red. But a raspberry is pretty, pretty, wow, that is cool pretty looking. red all the way through, yeah. Pretty red all the way through. I made mine earlier in the day, so the top has set up a lot more. Yeah. It's starting to taste like a distinct marshmallow layer on top. And I had set up my hopes, you know, I set my standards a little bit lower, and I was hoping that it would just set up enough to be maybe at least a marshmallow fluff. Yeah, that's kind of what mine is at, is marshmallow fluff. Yours does look a little stiffer than mine. Mine's definitely closer to a marshmallow. Yeah. And I kind of wish that it was fluff, but that's okay. Did you sprinkle yours with sugar? Oh, yes. I have little little sprinkles on top. Just uh, the pretty. clear sprinkles. A little sparkly. Yeah, I'll get a better picture to put on Facebook. Yeah, I'm going to have to get a better picture too, because all you can see is that there's a dark layer and a light layer. <laughs> <laughs> I did like how they cut very perfectly too. I was looking at your the brownie recipe you used, and it is actually pretty similar to the one I used as well, except mine also had, um, when you melt the butter, you melt some semi-sweet chocolate, but I used darker chocolate, into the butter before you add all the other stuff, the flour and the cocoa. Oh. But there's no chemical leaveners in here, which I don't think I've ever made a brownie that didn't have either baking soda or baking powder yeah usually they do yeah i am i am keen on this no chemical leavener brownie (laughs) i think it is definitely the way to go now the recipe that i used calls for three cups of white sugar and after reading the reviews i did half and half white sugar and brown sugar but otherwise uh, i just followed this recipe exactly as it said it's strange, though, because yours look more, like, milk chocolatey, and mine are super-duper dark. Like, I mean, I know my picture has some bad lighting, but they really are super dark. I think it's because mine dried out a little bit. And oh, maybe really? If yours, if yours are fudgier, like, if I overcooked mine a little bit and the moisture is out. Yeah. Fudge brown is just always, oh, wow. <laughs> I just opened the link to... Uh, the recipe you used, and these ones, yeah, they are fudgy looking. <laughs> the recipe is called Seriously Fudgy. It's serious, you guys. How fudgy seriously. these are. I wouldn't fudge you. Uh-huh. <laughs> seriously. But they do look a lot different. Even the um, even the pictures of the ones online, Brooke's Best Bombshell. Of course, some of them are a lot thicker. Right, and that would definitely change things. But yours has, let's see, how is this possible that yours has less of everything? Because it's a smaller batch. It they come out thinner. condenses down. Okay. But more chocolate chips. Um, well, some of the chocolate is, like I said, melted into it. And then right. other two ounces of chocolate go into the batter itself. And then, then there are chips and she also throws in chunks, I believe. Yeah. So you got one four ounce semi-sweet chocolate bar chopped. One and a quarter cup chocolate chips. And then you also have the cocoa powder. Wow, that's a lot of chocolate. Yeah, so I did, like I said, I did 
the two ounces in the batter. I did not add the other two ounces <laughs> chopped <laughs> up to it. Um, and I did not put in the chocolate chips. Okay. So I left out all of the chocolate chunkiness of this brownie, but the fudginess of the brownie itself is super satisfying and it really doesn't need it, which you will not hear me say often. <laughs> that is a rarity. So going back to the marshmallow recipe, this is really tasty. Uh, I also did not use the whole thing of marshmallow. I have a smaller pan that I filled with the leftover marshmallow that I didn't put on the brownies. And I'm really excited to just straight up dip those in some chocolate. I do not think mine will hold up to chocolate dipping. So let's go through this recipe for a second because we both had the same kind of question after the fact. I followed the recipe, but unlike most marshmallow recipes, it doesn't have you boil a sugar syrup until it reaches a certain stage and then add it to the gelatin and rip it, whip it right away. Mm -hmm. It has you only bring the strawberry puree and the sugar together over heat until dissolved. And then as soon as you dissolve the sugar in, it says to add the gelatin and then bring to a boil. And that's it. Just bring it to a boil and then take it off the heat. Mm -hmm. There's no bring it to softball stage or bring it to this temperature. Nothing like that. Just bring it to a boil, then dump it into your mixer and mix until it's cool. Right. I was so sure that this would not work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the one thing I will say is the fact that it does have, I think, more gelatin than usual and l a lot less water because mm -hmm. usually you start off with more water. And in this case, instead of water, you have the strawberry puree. Right. My go-to recipe for regular marshmallows is Alton Brown. Yeah. And Alton Brown is, he's infallible. You know, everything he does is magical and wonderful. And Pretty true. the fact that this deviated from his with um, the timing of adding the gelatin, and he doesn't cook the gelatin. Uh, and then, like you said, this recipe doesn't have a temperature goal, which is so weird. I was just so sure that it wasn't going to work, but my marshmallows are... It looks like they set up pretty good. Uh, the other issue with this is it says to use one cup whole frozen strawberries thawed. Yes. And that was another thing that I had mentioned, like how much is a cup of, of strawberries if they're whole? Is it one cup before they thaw or after? And do you keep the juice or do you strain out the juice? It doesn't specify any of that. So I, I don't know. Took a best yes, guess. which seems very strange because it's pretty important what your liquid content is right. for marshmallow. Mm -hmm. And so not even knowing how much you start with and then not having a temperature goal, just, oh, bring it to a boil and then you're done. It is very like... Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the marshmallows that I made or the marshmallow fluffy stuff, it tastes delicious. I do not think they're going to form into cuttable, springy, dippable, toastable things. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was it was a it was a success in the manner that I used it, but I don't know if I would have been happy if I were just trying to make marshmallows. Right. Yeah. But what I I did was I had a pack of raspberries. I dumped the raspberries. I tried to keep as much juice out as I could after after thawing. And then I just 
placed it in a, a fine strainer over you know a container just gathering the juice and I left it there for a couple hours yep to just get as much out but I didn't I didn't pat dry there was still a lot of liquid in there and I just went with it the raspberry flavor is really good I'm still interested to see whether the rest of the marshmallow sets up your marshmallow does actually look and texture a lot like hers does on the site yeah mine definitely seems like a marshmallow it, it, you know what I mean? Like I said earlier, I was worried it wasn't going to set up and it would be more like a marshmallow fluff. That, But um, I would say it's very close to a marshmallow. It's a soft marshmallow. Kind of like how mine came out, though. I kind of wish mine came out like yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just like different having a frosting on a brownie versus a marshmallow kind of sitting on top. Yeah. I think I would have liked it to blend in a little bit more when you bite in. Yeah, and it definitely does. It is cl- a lot closer to, like I said, the raspberry whip texture or like a fluff kind of creaminess to it. Mm-hmm. It's very, it has a little bit of springy stick to it when you pull it apart, but it's mostly melt in your mouth as opposed to elasticy. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, I like them a lot. I actually <laughs> like them more than I thought I would. Also, just as a um, side note, I have been wanting brownies for about two months now, and it's been getting really bad. So <laughs> this is really fulfilling, that hankering. I'm glad. And that need for a brownie. I forgot how much I liked brownies until I got to lick the batter. Brownie batter, man. Oh my God, it's so good. Brownie batter is the best. <laughs> I was making the brownies, and I was like, eh, whatever, it's chocolate. I'm not a big chocolate person. Put them in the oven. And I just licked the spoon once. And I was like, oh my god, I forgot. I forgot about brownie batter. (laughs) It's so good. Uh, So thank you for that, Carrie. Thank you for bringing that back into my life. You're welcome. It's all that, like, childhood nostalgia. Mm -hmm. Licking the the spatula after the brownies go into the oven. And just dreaming about how good they're going to taste when they come out. Remember watching my mother with the spatula on the bowl getting like every last bit of batter out of and the being bowl like, into the pan. No, no stop. Leave me some. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, would you make this again? A hundred times. <laughs> Good. I think this may be my favorite recipe that we've ever made. Ooh, that's a pretty big deal. Yes. I think I would I would definitely make this again. Maybe leave a little bit more raspberry juice in mine. Hmm. I also, um, I think this is my new go-to brownie recipe. Ooh. I have made so many from scratch brownie recipes, and I've never been happy with them. I, I have gone back time and time again, even though I really have become a baking snob and a cooking snob and (laughs) think that I like store-made stuff just to go back to my own because everything else tastes, you know, kind of bland and artificial now. Yeah. But I go back time and time again to boxed brownie mixes because I just feel like there's something lacking in a homemade from scratch brownie that the box just gets right. The crinkly top, the fudgy inside, the crunchy edges with the chewy center, and this brownie recipe hit it. And I'm stinking thrilled. I'll have to try your recipe next time. I am just pleased as punch. 
So I'm thank glad. you, Sally, for your baking addiction and for your seriously fudgy homemade brownies. Thanks, Sally. So what else have you been up to? Did I already finish my son's hat last time? I'm working on a scarf, a matching scarf for his hat. You did not. You were working on the hat last time. Oh, so I finished it and now I'm working on a matching scarf. Has he worn the hat or is he waiting for the scarf? No, he's he's worn the hat a few times, but he's one of these kooky kind of people who I'll go down and um, go to get the mail, you know, and it's, say, 24 degrees out, and I'll turn around and he's following me outside in a t-shirt, and I have to yell at him to get back into the house because it's below freezing. So he, he doesn't wear it often, but he has worn it a couple of times. That's cute. How do kids do that? Not wear clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what have you been up to? Uh, let's see. So I made ramen broth. Yes. Yay. Oh, so tell me about it. I want to hear all about it. This is a very labor-intensive, time-intensive process. Uh, I got the recipe from SeriousEats.com, and it's called How to Make the Perfect Bowl of Tonkatsu Ramen. So I'm going to run through this process as fast as I can because it's not, I don't know if it's Simple. exciting to hear. <laughs> so first you have uh, chicken bones and pork bones. Uh, you blanch them and then rinse them out and you have to get all the bone marrow out, all the blood vessels and all the icky stuff. Get all that out. Then you sear in a pan your uh, aromatic vegetables, I guess. You have onion, you have leek, you have garlic and ginger once all that's done you put the bones back in with the vegetables with a pound of pork fat and that seems like a lot it is put brand new water in because you dumped the old water that gets cooked together for about four hours after four hours you take the fat out and then you keep cooking it for a total of 12 to 18 hours that 12 to 18 hours does not include the starting boil that you dumped the water out, this is from your last water fill. So this process, I actually did it over the course of a couple days. I think you would have to. Yeah. You know, just to get it to boiling with the bones in it to begin with, that took half hour, 45 minutes. Maybe I'm exaggerating. But you do all that, you sear the vegetables, and then you dump it out. And the cleaning process took, I'd say, at least 15 to 20 minutes. So you already all said probably at least an hour, hour and a half in. And you're about ready to start your 12 to 18 hour journey. Wow. So I did that on one day. The next day, early morning, I started the process of boiling for 12 hours. And um, at the 12 hour mark, it just wasn't... Tonkatsu broth should be thick, kind yeah. of, uh, it's almost... Creamy. Yeah, it's thick, it's creamy, it's it's almost like the, the pan drippings straight up. Yeah. And it just wasn't getting there, so I let it go for, I think I stopped at maybe 15 hours, and then you gotta chop the fat back up that you took out earlier and dump that in and mix it in, which is gross, but, you know, that's how it is. Then I added miso at the end and a little bit of soy because it was bland. Yeah. After all that time, it was bland and it crushed my soul. But adding the miso paste and the soy um, soy sauce, that helped a lot. It, I was happy at the end 
But it was still worse than if I just went to a restaurant and bought a bowl of ramen. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm tired just talking about it. It sounds like it took a little bit of your soul. It took a lot of my soul. And I would not do it again. But the good news is um, it was enough for about six bowls of ramen. And since it's just my husband and I, we each had a bowl and I froze the rest. So anytime I can have some pretty mediocre ramen. Pretty mediocre. Oh, I've got a question for you. Okay. So what kind of use? I think you said you used pork hawks. Is that what they're called? Pork trotters, which are feet. Okay. It looks like in the pictures here, where I'm looking at the series eats page, they have a bunch of chopped up chicken, but it looks like the the pork that they used might be sections of leg maybe, but it looks like there's a lot of marrow and like cross sections of bones going on. Is that how your feet looked or did it actually look like, you know, hooves? Uh there were hooves, but the, it was it was uh chopped into slices. Thicker than the ones in the picture, but it was still like slices. Yeah, and there 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 was a hoof at the end, which was gross. But the, they looked kind of like this, that like with the section with a little bit of meat and some bone, and then like the interior of the bone and everything of that. Yes. Okay, so you probably did have enough like stuff to pull flavor from. And here's another question for you: um, When you put in your vegetables. Mm-hmm. Did you clean your vegetables completely before you put them in? Like I see in the stock pot here, and I've heard of this in other um, Asian cooking where they leave the skins on the onions. Yeah, the the recipe actually calls for leaving the skin on the onion. Oh, okay. I forgot there were mushrooms in there as well. Okay. And did you do that? Did you leave all like the ends and trimmings and bits on stuff? I couldn't. I took I took the ends off the onions, um, and I took the the top layer of skin off. So there was still a dark layer yeah. on the onion, but it wasn't the flaky paper paper skin layer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that makes a difference. I know when I make stocks, I try to use the ends of the vegetables too because for some reason it seems like it has more flavor. And especially, uh, I know a lot of people throw out the hearts of celery because they're kind of bitter to eat Mm -hmm. but um they actually make excellent soup now if you click on the actual recipe which is you know there's an article talking about how he developed the recipe and all that if you click on the actual recipe one thing that did confuse me that i didn't get clarity on uh, was the ingredients it says two pounds of chicken backs and carcasses skin and excess fat removed that is a strange way of saying that. Because in the picture on the article where he talks about his food experiments, yep. it's clear that those are chunks of chicken meat and bone and everything. Right, yeah. But then if you get into the recipe, the first direction says place pork and chicken bones. And not just like... <laughs> all the meat. Not like sectioned chicken. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just very confused, and uh, I went with the chicken bones. I basically took a rotisserie chicken, which was cheating and might have contributed to my boring tastes, and I took all the meat off of it, and I just used the bones. Oh, I wonder if that was part of the problem. 
I wonder if when you have a rotisserie chicken, all of the delicious flavor comes out of the bones and into the chicken. Maybe. And then you have nothing left. But then you're cleaning the bones pretty thoroughly anyway. There's got to be some good stuff in there. I just didn't want to cook a whole chicken. I hear you. I wouldn't want to cook a whole chicken to get a pot of broth either. Yeah. So I definitely won't try this again, but if I were to try it again, if I happen to be cooking a chicken for something, then maybe I would do this. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's so much work, and the ingredients are hard to find if you don't have a legit butcher around. It did steal my soul, and it made me sad and physically exhausted. Yeah, for such a labor-intensive thing, you want to have something come out of it that's, like, blow your mind. Right, exactly. I'm sorry. It's good to try these things from time to time. Yes. Well, at least you also have a giant um, batch of, of sauce Mm-hmm. Grandma Italian sauce. Yeah. Grandma Italian sauce. Woo woo. <laughs> that came out well, so there's a victory for me. There you go. Last but not least, I think, is what are we doing next week? In honor of International Women's Day on March eighth. This the next episode will be released the week before on March first. We're gonna get a little early on it, but we're gonna make Surprise desserts with lady fingers. That sounds so weird. Don't say it like that. Well, how would you say it? We're going to make a lady finger cake. (laughs) (laughs) We can't agree on a flavor. Because we ladies got our fingers in everything. (laughs) So I guess we could call it a lady finger challenge. Yes. But we shouldn't be competing with our fellow women. Yes, we should, because competing with each other helps us both achieve our full potential. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Okay, it's on. (laughs) It's on. Lady Finger Challenge 2018. Mm -hmm. May the best finger win. You went with finger for that? (laughs) (laughs) That sounded even worse than I meant it to. (laughs) All right, check out Facebook for pictures of our marshmallow brownies and links to recipes. And send us questions or comments or ladyfinger recipes <laughs> to keepingbusypodcast at gmail.com. Yes, please do. Please send them to me only so I can cheat and think of something. <laughs> well, until and next time. Until next time when we meet and, and reveal our challenge results. We'll We'll be be keeping keeping busy. busy.